Time to spice things up. This is curries and coconuts. Hi guys, what is up? This is episode two of Curries and Coconuts. Welcome back. I'm Pavitra. And I'm Anushka. And we're sisters. Um, so what have you been up to this week? This is kind of like our time to reconnect because we have very busy weeks and she's always busy with school. I'm always busy with work, so. Mm. Been doing a lot of studying as per usual, a lot of work. Um, I watch a lot of BTS still on the side, <laughs> so I'll have like the BTS uh, run, which is their live reality show, so if you're an army and you haven't seen it, go watch that. But yeah, I was basically, I just had that on the side while I work, and it's very cute and wholesome. How about you? What have you been up to this week? That's like her de-stressor, so she, she basically, ever since um, high school, I think, has been listening to BTS, and then like before her golf tournament, she would listen to that, and that would be her way to like kind of calm down, so okay. as exam season rolls around... High school is an understatement. I was listening to them beforehand, but I got hardcore. Sorry. In high okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> BTS is definitely my de stressor, and I love watching them because, like, them having new experiences, especially during quarantine when I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm living vicariously through, like, their scavenger hunts and stuff when they do, like, random challenges. And I'm like, oh, dude. I miss going on. <laughs> <laughs> you pretend that you're with them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, I feel that though. Like, um, I also, when I was in middle school, I think, or maybe it was a little bit older in high school, um, was into like K-pop and BTS One of, was one of the bands that came out when I was like closer to, I think, the end of high school. I don't know if that's right, but... Um, she, I'm like more of a phases person and she is much more <laughs> focused on specific things, but um, yeah, I feel like the whole thing about they're having experiences, so like let's pretend that I'm with them because I have been, generally speaking, like I used to not be very into like dramas and uh, TV reality shows, but ever since quarantine started, like especially around like month three, I think of it, I was like needing some sort of like drama to be happening because you don't have like the normal things that happen in your life and being distant from work also feels a little bit weird and all the things that like would usually be going on with friends or like meeting new people and all that stuff wasn't so I got like really into this one drama that's called Summer House I'd been way back when watching like Vander Vanderpump Rules so I started out watching this one too because uh, it's on Peacock and then I was also very into watching like Selling Sunset and I know that there's this whole thing about oh my god is it fake is it not fake but like honestly <laughs> I don't really care I feel like it was really fun to watch so if they say this is not real I'm still gonna watch like further seasons. Do you uh, keep up with the Kardashians? I do not keep up with the Kardashians. I like tried I think one episode of that one episode of like real housewives and one episode or maybe two episodes of the bachelor and i just like i know those are massive franchises but i was not super feeling it and anu has said her feelings about keeping up with the kardashians coming to a close and how everybody feels about it before so like yeah i don't know i like like the smaller things that don't have as much hype to them i guess but i feel like they're fun they're like almost normal but a little bit crazy 
Like, it's not luxurious lives of people who, like, it's it doesn't seem attainable. Yeah, I, I realize that, like, reality show-wise, all of the super popular ones aren't really my style. Like, The Bachelor, Bachelorette, uh, Kardashians and everything. But I do like, like, Too Hot to Handle and, like, the um, Love is Blind. Like, those, okay, Love is Blind was very cute and wholesome most right. of the time. Right, and also very dramatic at the end. Yeah. But yeah, and then Too Hot to Handle was just, like, a big meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was the fun thing about it. Like, there were really some pretty people, and, like, there were some cute romances that happened. Like, I don't remember um, the dude's name, but him and Rhonda um, were adorable. And then, uh, you know, like, oh, the whole... Oh, they, like, broke up. I th- Yeah, there was, like, a whole mess that happened after that, because I was like, oh, my God, they're so cute. I want to check how they're doing, and they were not doing well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Same with, like, uh, Francesca. Francesca and Harry were a whole other thing. Like, I still keep seeing things about her and who she's dating and all yeah. this stuff. But, like, I don't know. Good for her to get out there, I guess. Like, it's just, I I mean, I think it's fun to watch, but I never, like, have the same excitement about them as certain other celebrities. Like, for me, um, people like, I don't know, Trevor Noah or, like, Stephen Colbert or even, um, I don't know, what's, like, a good, a, oh, Ariana Grande, who's not, like, a political person, but, like, I just really like her. Like, I feel like I would be hyped to see those people. This is where we insert BTS into the... <laughs> yeah, BTS would be cool to see too. But, like, um, reality show people, like, I don't think I would ever be super excited in the way that some other people are about, like, oh, my God, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, like, talking to them and on their live streams and all that stuff, so... Yeah, I do think, like, from Love is Blind, like, that's the one, like, actual, like, couple in that show that I was like, oh, that's really wholesome. That was, like, the canton and... Cameron and Lauren, like, that couple. Yeah. Because, like, from the get-go, they were all like, damn, this is working. I'm like, let it work. (laughs) Yeah, it is working. Good for you. No, they are really, really cute. But I agree. I think that Love is Blind was really, really cute. Um, Like, there was a mess of disaster that happened at the end that was really, really sad, so I don't like how they approached, like, the whole setup of you can only, like, bail on the wedding at the end, but... Um, no, I think that it's nice to have those things to watch. I just feel like I've almost drained out of all the options that there are on, like, Netflix and Hulu and, like, Peacock or whatever. Yeah, I thought, like, after watching those two shows, too, that I would be, like, really into, like, The Bachelor and, like, Love Island, like, because, like, quarantine or whatever, so I'm bored and, like, I want to watch something. But even after giving those, like, shows the second try, like, I was like, hmm, I kind of like the the non-traditional, like show types so like the ones that netflix is like producing yeah me too yeah i mean one of the i feel like like they're all disastrous in their own way in terms of their setup so like you know the bachelor supposedly gets people drunk so that there's drama but it's not like the setup of love island or yeah not love island but like that's another one love is blind and um too hot to handle aren't messy the circle was cute too the circle was very very cute but <laughs> I feel like we may may have spent a little bit too much time on this. Um, speaking of drama, though, uh, the presidential town hall for Trump was held by Savannah Guthrie. Yeah. Who, <laughs> by the way, I've had some trouble saying that name, so she's just helping me out. Um, but, like, she was basically, you know, having, like, a boxing match with Trump, which I actually really appreciated. I thought it was hilarious to see her questioning him, like... I'm pretty sure that she's a Democrat, but um, we don't, like, technically know her leanings. I think that there's, like, I've seen a bunch of 
articles from newspapers with like angry conservatives being like what is her political leaning how dare she ask those questions but like i hit her up with a follow immediately after that because i thought that it was hilarious yeah i saw an snl uh video this morning um that was basically it was very funny because it was like at least our household's take on like both town halls which was flipping between channels that's exactly <laughs> what snl was talking about and so you could see basically uh kate mckinnon kate mckinnon yeah. yeah kate mckinnon was like savannah guthrie and she was grilling at like baldwin or like who impersonates Trump about everything, and then the channel would switch, and then it would be Biden telling like a story, and then the channel would switch again, and then they'd be in a boxing match, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is utterly relatable. Yeah, no, I feel like that was the way that it was. I feel like ever since Trump came to office, though, like everything that has been associated with the Republican Party since has been like very kind of crazy high energy, and anything that's associated with the Democrats has been like very chill, like. As um, somebody who generally votes liberal, I didn't feel a need to really watch the DNC because I knew, I mean, I already knew who I was voting for. But yeah, like watching some of the stuff with Trump involved is crazy. Yeah, and then um, if you remember on the like presidential town hall thing, um, there was a woman at the back, mm -hmm. which they also talked about in SNL, um, who was just nodding her head like <laughs> all the time even today when um i was watching the snl skit i was like oh my gosh i'm worried that like it's gonna fall off <laughs> she's nodding so much it felt like a bobblehead like um i could tell a lot of people on twitter both on the conservative and democratic side were like who is this person why is she nodding and like the conservatives are all like yeah go get her like, or like get him and then like um the democrats are like bro what <laughs> what's yeah. happening no they did like a ton of research into who she was too and like apparently she's really no well known within like conservative circles in miami but yeah. um it was the same way in our house we were like who is this person she's pretty much like a bobblehead she has got to stop like this is so annoying to just see her nodding along to every dumb thing that he says like and like the other thing that was the same in our house was our mom was basically flipping between channels too and every time she would be like i want to see both sides but would end up on the advertisements both times so it was like are we seeing the debates are we watching the commercials who knows but it's, um, it's very interesting to think that like probably the entire nation had a very similar experience to ours that night though i just no i agree but like i just want to talk for a second about like the ads that not were in the presidential town hall but like the ones that they're running like i feel like these ads for this particular campaign are really really different so like when you watch a Trump ad, it feels like if you elect Biden, the world is going to end. And if you watch a Biden ad, like, they're somewhat um, jokey in a sense. Like, some of them are, like, framing him uh, as, like, like, he has a moment where he's, like, having a Top Gun moment and walking in with, like, the aviators and stuff like that, which, I don't know, I thought that it was funny just because... At this point, he's more of like, let me just put my own vibe into these ads because we all know that the other dude is ridiculous, so I shouldn't have to really, really argue about my points. And I was saying this um, to my mom and my sister the other day about like Trump ads. Like the guy isn't even really, really trying. In one of the ads, he was like, Trump has been great for Hispanics, African-Americans, and women. And I was like, so you're not going to say how or like what you think you've done to be great for those groups because you know that like they're kind of suspicious of you. You're just going to be like, oh, I've been really good for you and expect people to believe you. Like, so you're not even trying to do anything. Okay. 
Yeah, it definitely feels like um, there are more minority groups that like seem to be voting for the like the side like Trump side. And like you were even telling me the other day that like it seems like Indians seem to be like more of them seem to be voting for Trump this election. Yeah, so I mean, I have a lot of political conversations with everybody in our house just in general. So like, I mean, here I'll talk about it with my sister and then like me and my mom talk about it a pretty decent amount as do me and my dad, but um even if you don't want to have them. <laughs> even when you're like I'm all politics out and then she's like I still have more to say. Okay, but it's not just me. Like that was kind of the way that we were raised, you know, mom and dad are kind of like that too. Mhm. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, like, we were basically trying to break down the reasons that we think that, like, there are Indian people who are voting for Trump just because, I mean, not everybody in a demographic is the same, but to us, it doesn't, like, really make sense in general. Um, And so, we'd basically been talking about how there's a couple of different reasons. Like, as a group of people, we are generally well not generally but like there are some of us who are quite privileged and then there are others of us who are not so i was looking into some of the details and like i think that last election in 2016 only seven percent of indians voted for trump but this time around they're expecting like a slightly greater number and i mean hassan minhaj had done kind of an episode about the importance of the asian american vote on the patriot act this particular like for this particular election which is most definitely true, but I think that it's important to dive into this because for me, I feel like there are multiple reasons. Like privilege is one of them where generally speaking, like access to education and stuff like that has definitely been easier. But I also think that like generally speaking, if you look at socioeconomic status and like salaries and stuff, Indian Americans are supposed to be one of the highest earning groups. So like we end up in places where we may not understand um, a full perspective, but rather more so our perspective of like middle to upper middle class. And then on another side, like something that I think differentiates us from a lot of other immigrant groups is that we speak, like a lot of Indians who come to the U.S. speak English yeah. when they come to the U.S. And I, I to feel a, to a like professionalized standard. Right, yeah, like we would be able, we might have an accent, but we would be able to do it at work yeah. or something like that. But I, I'm speaking more in like the reference frame of a South Indian. So if this is not if this is not true for a North Indian, then I apologize, but I'm just like speaking out of my own perspective. Um, but I feel like that has a lot of benefits, right? Like you always hear people saying like, oh, you're in this country, so speak our language, quote unquote. Um, so we don't necessarily realize uh, the privileges that are associated with just having learned the language. I mean, that kind of comes down to colonization too. You know, England colonized India way, way back. So it, that is problematic altogether. But for a Western society, like speaking the language was beneficial. Um, we have a lot of problems with the colonization though. We'll probably talk about that another time. But I think that that is one part of it as well. Yeah, and I also think that an important thing to note with that is like, a lot of people when they think about India, they think that like, oh, it's just like Hindi or like you speak Indian and like the, the a lot of people I also don't think realize like, A, because England colonized 
India and like they still teach English in schools to a very 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 high standard where you have to be fluent in that as well as like Hindi or if you're in the south we speak Tamil like Malayalam like anything and then in the north there's even more languages like there's so many languages in India that you're supposed to not only be like fluent in just one or just like Hindi you're supposed to be like fluent in English and like everything else at right. least to some degree if you can because in a lot of places they do offer that like english curriculum yeah you're basically like expected to have a proficiency in it like when people talk they will not talk i mean unless it's somebody from like way back in the past when for my grandma for example like if it's somebody that lived in a similar like close village to her she might speak fully in a native tongue but otherwise like it's very mix of languages like she'll talk they'll talk some english and some of like Tamil or some Hindi, it'll be like a mix of things. So I mean, Tanglish yeah. or like I don't think there's English, but there is. <laughs> oh, there is. Okay, so English. Um, but basically, like everybody knows and chooses like what they want to express. So proficiency with that is like common there and here. Yeah, I'm trying to learn Tamil right now to like a higher standard than what I've um known, just so that I can be more fluent in it, and I'll ask my parents like what is the word for this and they'll be like oh that that we just use english for and i'll be like okay why and they're like too complicated and like double so we just use english for it. and i'll be like okay sounds good and you just get on the boat and you kind of go with what with like as the language evolves and like as you kind of rely a little bit more on english as well you kind of mix that into your mother tongue so basically, speaking English as an immigrant proficiently is a privilege that a lot of people don't realize they have. And sometimes you don't recognize the immediate benefits of that, but um, I think that there's like another small thing that plays in, and then I do have a slightly larger thing that I want to talk about with reference to this, but um, oftentimes, like stereotypically, people tend to see Indians and Indian Americans as like a little bit shy and meek and won't like make any waves you know they're the rule followers yeah and i definitely think that that kind of plays into um this idea of people kind of voting for trump like bandwagoning and stuff yeah. but also it's a very um real stereotype because even now like because i'm an indian american a lot of people expect me to be a nerd at the top of the class right. like going into cs like the, those are always like the main stereotypes that are there and like there was like oh you're super um like smart and good and that was, that's all indian americans and i'm like well i mean like it's me but it's not necessarily everyone right, right? like some of them might be super good at sports like it's based on the individual person or art like right yeah there's a lot of different things but like I feel like that stereotype is definitely something that I felt as well. Like, people are like, I thought you were going to be shy. I'm like, why? Well, I can't fully explain it. It's just how you look. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bit suspicious. But, um, you know, if, like, you get to know me and you think that I start off as shy, that's whatever. But as, as Among Us would say, that is sus. <laughs> that is Loki sus. But I think that the point that you brought up about, like, how we're supposed to be good at academics and stuff like that is a really good one too because like for the most part those were created by non-minorities in general right so yeah. there are certain groups of um minorities that like for whatever reason and like access to easier english and stuff like that like broke the um what is it called like broke the educational system so they became 
really good at like test taking and stuff like that, like the SATs and whatever, and like getting into X schools, like Ivy Leagues or whatever the case is, that was a really big part of their value. So like, oh, you value education? Oh, I know that like a lot of Asians apply for like Ivy Leagues and stuff like that. That means that you must be great and like cause no trouble and blah, 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 blah. And you fit the stereotypes, so. Also, I'll have you know that there has been like a couple occasions where people are introducing like the history of math and then there was this really famous mathematician from India um, whose name I can't remember, but then they would just look at me. Like, it wouldn't even, it would be, like, a very, like, it would be very subtle, but yeah. then there would be, like, a glance right to you, and I'm like, I don't know who they are. Like, they have nothing to do with me. I mean, like, cool, but, but... Right, do you think I know everything about India just because I'm Indian? No, exactly. I do not. I didn't know that zero was created there. Like, I do not know who this particular person is. I don't know how schooling works Was zero created there? Yes, I think so. There you go. So I think that the last part of it, though, is um, basically like work visas. So a lot of Indians come to the U.S. on work visas, like a decent amount as IT workers. So a long time ago, well, not a long time ago, a decent amount of months ago, do you remember how Trump was like basically saying that he's going to ban um, immigration on work visas for like a decent amount of time and also, you know, basically be deporting international students because they can't go to schools because of COVID-19 so like I do remember this happening yes <laughs> <laughs> okay well yeah no he was doing that and um that definitely like has a decent impact as well so you would think that generally speaking people would be mad about it in India right like oh my god you're stopping me from coming or you're stopping me from staying like I'm trying to get an education in a place and try to figure out like what is the best life for me so this sucks but for some people, like there's this idea of individualism versus collectivism, um, and collectivism is basically what is best for the group, and individualism is what is best for me. So I saw a video interviewing somebody who was trying to get like a green card, and they were talking about how since they're on a work visa and they're already in the U.S., this is not going to be a problem for them, so they actually support it because then like, hey, there's less people who are on work visas and are Indian in the U.S., that means it'll be easier for us to get a green card. So um, there was definitely a decent amount of, in my personal opinion, racism in the whole like Trump not wanting immigrants in the U.S. during this particular time. But like as an individual, you kind of see it in different ways. Like you could see it as ridiculous because it's racist towards you or you could see it as beneficial because like, for you as an individual person, maybe it does have some level of benefit in you getting the lifestyle that you want. Yeah, for sure. That time was very hectic because um, there were a lot of international students just in constant panic of like what was going to happen, Yeah, which was not a good time at all for like anyone or no. even being on the receiving, like being a friend to those people right. and then you were like, I can't assure anything to you, but I hope everything works out. Like. Yeah, it's really, really sad. Like, you pretty much set up a life in a place, you make friends in a place, and then, like, it's not even your choice to leave or, like, decide what happens. And it's not like you're, like, also immediately deported, right? It's, um, let me tell you when the time for that is about to come. You have a, talk, a clock that's ticking. Like, I know that your job offer or whatever was rescinded, so you have four months. Figure it out. And that is honestly absolutely terrible. I'd like to bring attention to, again, though, the whole discussion about individualism. So basically, I understand that for some people, they may think of themselves and what's best for themselves first, but especially in a situation like this, in this election where 
decisions are so important and impact everyone with respect to COVID-19 and neo-Nazism and alt-right and some other stuff that has been pushed forward from the woodwork in this Trump presidency and obviously with the administration not handling COVID-19 correctly, it's really important to kind of think from a collectivist perspective of what is best for the country? Because honestly, in this case, what's best for the country will be best for each different individual. So rather than just thinking about what benefits you should really, really think about all of the downsides that would come with Trump being president yet again. But anyway, is using racism as like a transition point. Um, <laughs> uh, we want to talk about Columbus Day a little bit. So I love that segue. <laughs> um, I feel like we could probably use that segue multiple times <laughs> in this podcast, honestly. But um, wait, guys, I just want you to know that was entirely unplanned. <laughs> just like, I was not expecting that. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you can't tell, I'm a little bit salty. But uh, anyways, like. If for everybody who had Columbus Day off, I hope that you enjoyed the break because, like, you should enjoy any break that you have. That said, I feel like Columbus is a super crappy holiday altogether. Like, there's multiple reasons why, so we'll get into, like, the, the our opinions on the racism yeah, of it. Yeah, we officially need to also change that to Indigenous People's Day, just, like, as yes. is. Agreed. It's just <laughs> happy Indigenous People's Day, people. <laughs> like, I hope People, woo! <laughs> um, alright, but, like, uh, basically... I firstly want to talk about why I thought Columbus was dumb when I was in elementary school. <laughs> so, when, let's get started. Like, yeah, but, I mean, this isn't even, like, learning things through other forms of, like, media about how, you know, he was, like, a slave trader and all that stuff, which they, I did not get taught that in any of my school curriculum, which is problematic by itself. But um, I remember people basically talking about it and how... He had come to the United States, well, what is now the United States, in search of um, India. And I was always like, how did he end up in the wrong place and think that the people were the same? Like, how stupid are you? You didn't, like, realize that it was the spices and stuff. And also, like, he wasn't the first person to discover America. Um, my sister told me who the first person to discover America was in one of her, like, elementary or middle school songs. So do you want to tell everybody who it is? Oh, she doesn't remember anymore. <laughs> um, Amerigo Vespucci. But um, basically, he was the first person to discover it. So I was always like, well, why does Columbus get so much credit? And then I had also always thought like, okay, so one of the stories is that he came to the United States. He thought that everybody was um, Indian, like from India. And he had named everybody as Indians for that reason. So that's why... Native Americans are also called Indians. There's another story, though, that says that um, basically what had happened was in, like, Latin or European uh, prefixes or suffixes or whatever the case is, the word that was used for quote-unquote Native people was um, Indwa. So that was why, like, Indians and Native Americans were called the same thing to them was, like, Okay, so these people are native to this land. The issue that I have with that, though, is, like, I don't think that this term was used in other places that was colonized, so it was really about, like, the brown-skinned people, which kind of makes it seem like, oh, it's not native people, it's savages. Like, Indwa is, I see a brown-skinned person, that person is not cultured, or, like, you know, what's the word for it? 
globalized worldly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's refer to them as like savages. They're the same thing anyway. Brown skin, does it matter to differentiate them? Eh. I was doing a little bit more research on the term Indwa while I was basically editing this podcast. And I noticed that it actually said Columbus used that word Indwa along with other Europeans to describe Indians or people from India. So it was not at that point intentional to truly call Native Americans by that name, at least from this particular source. That said, it also did say Vespucci um, was the first person to realize that it was a different place than India, and that's the reason why. So to me, that indicates that Columbus truly did think it was the same place and the same people, which to me, again, is seen as, okay, you gave um, brown-skinned people all of the same name, but take from that what you will. There's a lot of reasons that Columbus is bad, the most important being that he was a slave trader, his people murdered and raped and pillaged a very decent amount in this quote-unquote new land that they discovered, but I would like to add one point, also again additionally about the name usage of calling Indians versus calling Native Americans and his impact on that. We had what, like 500 years to correct this? 1492, right? Mm-hmm. Columbus sailed the ocean blue, 1492. Yes. So more than five, <laughs> I know I needed to say it. <laughs> you don't need to make that face at me. Um, but like we had more than 500 years to correct this and we're still calling like two groups of brown skin colored people the same thing. So like I feel like that reflects a lot as to how much it really mattered. For me, like I said, I feel like the government had a lot of time to correct this. People in the U.S. had a lot of time to correct this. Like I said, it's been over 500 years since all of this kind of started and that terminology started, but this is just my personal opinion. I know that in certain places in schools, they teach it as Native Americans. In other places, they teach it as Indians. Um, I think it's really annoying and upsetting that they didn't really care to differentiate between two groups of brown people, but... I feel like it also has a lot to do with ownership of the land that isn't actually um, theirs. So by calling Native Americans Native Americans, it admits that Columbus and Vespucci or whoever, like European settlers who then brought descendants here, were not the first people to be here. Native Americans were the first people to be here, and the government did a bunch of terrible things to them and treated them quite poorly. And if we were to use that name, if the U.S. was to use the name Native Americans, that they would have to admit that somebody else was here first, that they were immigrants too. And as in like that European settlers were immigrants as well. And that would give them less feeling of ownership on their land. But that is just my personal perspective of this particular issue. So it's only my opinion. I feel like Within our school experiences, though, we've also experienced some things of, like, confusion and identity because some people don't necessarily know about either side, and then it's like, well, which one are you talking about and what am I as, like, a really young kid? But that's something that you have a decent amount more experience with, so, like, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, so definitely I do remember doing a project on Amerigo Vespucci first off in fifth grade but I want to also say neither of them discovered America because America was already there oh <laughs> like, 
that is a very, very good point. Like, from European perspective, yes. Yeah. But, like, people were already there. They'd been moving around like you didn't find it. And exactly. I am so sorry that I didn't, like, make that point. So thank you for calling me out on that. Yeah, for sure. But, like, yeah. So while Vespucci and Columbus or whatever they did, whatever they did, but, like, um, yeah, I was already here before that. And to that point, um, in third grade, so this is kind of where my um, first bouts of, like, questioning cultural identity also occurred. <laughs> um, we were learning, <laughs> yeah, we were learning about um, Native Americans in history class. And my history teacher had used the term American Indians, and she'd asked anybody in the class if they were an American Indian and if they were to raise their hand. So for me, I put it together. I was like, I was born in the U.S. and <laughs> my parents are Indian. So America, Indian, America, Indian, American Indian. And I was like, that's me. So <laughs> I raised my hand. And like my teacher's face just like dropped apparently, and she wrote an email to my parents saying like you need to come in after school like this is a very serious issue that we need to discuss and like this is not okay for a child to be discussing things like this and making a joke out of it and I I was like I don't know what I did wrong here <laughs> I feel like but uh, the, it it felt fine and then my mom came in. And she sat down with my um, teacher and she was like, what's the problem? So my teacher said, your daughter doesn't understand. Are you guys American Indian? And my mom, who had a little bit, not a little bit, like more background on this than I did at that age, when um, she was like, no, we're not American Indian. And my teacher was like, your child is, you know, making a complete disruption like she needs to learn more about this she called herself an american indian and my mom was like she probably got confused by the terms like she's an indian she's an american like i understand the difference and like that's an important thing to note but like she's a child how can you expect her to understand that there are two different discrepancies between indian american and american indian and, and like i believe that like when mom has told us the story multiple times as well, like that particular teacher had said, um, and my mom had been like, no, but we are from, in from the, we are Indians. And that particular teacher didn't have exposure to like Indian people outside of that. So she was like, what? You're um, Indian? I thought you just said that you're not American Indian. And my mom was like, yeah. no, uh, we, we are Indian from India. We're not American Indian. And it just like very thoroughly confused the teacher. So... I mean, the point being, like, it is super important to be informed about different groups of people. It's just that, firstly, that should be the expectation of the teacher as well. And secondly, like, you can't expect a child to know that. But it is important to inform people. And it's important to inform people about everything. Because, like I said, the teacher should have known. The teacher should be more versed in, like, American Indian culture versus, like, Indian Americans. And, again, this goes back to the whole term of being coined, like, Indian by uh, Christopher Columbus or whoever it was in the first place of like you could have fixed this problem way way long ago but like you saw both colors brown and you were like it's fine yeah and I definitely think that 
it's also very important to me to note like I was being called like it wasn't like a quick correction or being like oh no honey it's not this it's actually like let's sit down and talk about this really quickly so that you can understand the difference I was like shamed into thinking like what I said was like super incorrect rather than just being told or clarified that like no this isn't this isn't the exact same thing as what you're thinking of like right and it was incredibly sucky for me because like how I, I I'm still like under that fact even now where I'm like how was a kid supposed to initially like understand that like understand the con like the not only the consequences but like the weights of the the two different um right how important and, the differentiation yeah. is and like again like to be shamed from that point on I was like what does what does it mean then to be Indian American like what is like what does it mean in my life how is this like different what what are we in comparison to everybody else and like stuff yeah. like that um I don't know I will say that like I've had some of those experiences as well like I didn't necessarily have it to the same scale where the teacher like fully freaked out but I also never asked the question so it would be like is are they talking about my type of Indian are they talking about a different type of Indian because I went to school somewhere that like they didn't have differentiations between the two even if it was like American Indian versus Indian American they just called us both Indian so I was like are you talking about me are you talking about a different group of people I've never heard this about my people but I don't know about another group of people because like obviously at the age of seven you don't know about everybody that exists in the world you're like very confined to yourself and like what surrounds you so it's really important to be exposed to that but I, I also think it's important to note um that at that point in time like a child you're you're giving them labels to like put on to every single type of person too like right and I was like okay American Indian that's that's me but apparently like there's a specific label that like they teach us in school of like what's supposed what to happen it is. right and who gets what label and that's I guess Let already where kind of a lot of the problem starts yeah and like it's important to honor each of the individual cultures but like you telling us what to call ourselves yeah it's very problematic we should be able to make that decision for our individual units so like Native Americans should be able to do that and Indians from India's immigrants should be able to do that and it shouldn't be like um you know a group of people who are not involved in the situation who make that decision but uh, I think that this experience is relatively common at least on like the Indians from India side because I know a lot of kids who are friends of mine who had that experience as well and I'm not sure if it happens on the Native American side as well, where sometimes they refer to it as like, oh, Indians do this, and they're talking about Indians from India, and they're like, oh, is this me? Because, like, my mom didn't tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I think the confusion is definitely something that, like, it just upsets me that the people who have to deal with the confusion are Indians from India and Native Americans, because, like, this whole issue started with some stupid conquistadors or like what is the name for them like the yeah like whatever the case is and now we all have to deal with stupid colonization and the results of it because it's not it's not any of our faults yeah and i also think something that we're going to be talking about in a couple episodes down the road uh, so stay tuned for that would be like this idea of the education system like mm. americans are writing the textbooks so what right. we know is from their point of view. And so, other Western nations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just touching up on that in later episodes is also going to be 
a really interesting topic to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we've called that a, a pretty decent amount. Um, there is like just one other thing that I want to say, not related to Columbus Day, but like obviously based on what we touched on with um, Trump and Columbus Day, you know, like in I think the city of Ohio, they took down a Columbus statue. They're trying to um, rename Columbus as um, Flavortown after Guy Fieri, which I think is hilarious because like the name for Columbus as a city sucks because Columbus was, in my opinion, an idiot. But anyways, there's that. And like, you know, if you push the changes forward with your vote, that can make a lot of difference. Um, and with the reference to all of the things that Trump is involved in with immigration. So, um, you know, if you're an Indian who's listening to this, like, be also aware that everybody's vote, including yours, is important. Um, so anyways, the last thing that I wanted to call out, um, another thing that I've been doing pretty often is watching a lot of TikTok videos. Um, so like those compilations of people doing like the same dance or whatever the case is over and over and over. And I'm always like, oh my God, this particular portion of a song is so, so lit. I'm going to check out the full song. And then like, I mean, this might just be in my opinion, but 75% of the time I'm like, oh, so the rest of the song is trash. Like, this is the only good part within it. Cool. It also generally happens to be at the very beginning where they have, like, some really, really, really good beat going. And then it's just, like, the rest of it's just kind of tanky. <laughs> and yeah. And like, oh, no. I think that there are some, like, musicians, too, who now have, like, music just dedicated to being Jason used on Derulo. TikTok. Well, yes, but he was, like, at least had some decent music before that. <laughs> but... No, that's true, yeah. But, like, yeah. Um, yeah, but like there are some people who are just like, all right, they can use this quick little catchphrase and TikTok. The rest of the song can suck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, did you have any like thing that you wanted to call out? No, not particularly. All I right. I gotta agree with that TikTok song <laughs> thing. Do you have no idea how many times I'll add something like that I kind of dug on like TikTok sounds like on like on my Instagram just so be like oh. That's kind of cool, and then I'll like listen to the entire thing after I add it to like my Spotify playlist. I'm like, I am severely disappointed and let down right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've been really, really into trying to figure out skincare so that like I can have beautiful, glowing skin as well. You know, what better time to try it than now since it's like work from home and everything. And um, my sister, she always checks on like TikTok and she watches a pretty decent amount that comes on her like Instagram reels, and she'll always be like oh, I was watching this one with this doctor and they said this about using this particular medication, so don't worry about it. And I'm like, ooh, that's very helpful information. Let me go and Google that. And I'm like... And your skin's glowing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying that like, it's... I mean, some of the stuff on TikTok is crazy, but it's nice that you can also like use it on an informational basis. You yeah, know? there's definitely some interesting things that are on there that like, you like interesting little tidbits <laughs> yeah but anyways we kind of like went down a little rabbit hole there so um we will see you guys next week thanks for listening bye make sure to follow if you like what we're talking about and um yeah find us on apple Podcasts and spotify bye